This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. It's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 223. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. Well, this week we continue our Tales of the Cocktail 2017 coverage. This is the fifth of nine planned episodes about Tales 2017. We'll talk with Jane Bowie from Maker's Mark. During Tales this year, I was invited to a Maker's Mark event at Dickie Brennan's Bourbon House, which is a great restaurant right on Bourbon Street near Canal. The Bourbon House had purchased a full barrel of Maker's reading from the invitation I received to the event. The Bourbon House is, quote, the first in Louisiana to have created its very own Maker's Mark Private Select. This is a first-of-its-kind barrel program that allows retail customers to customize their own personal Maker's Mark by finishing fully matured cast-strength Maker's Mark bourbon in a single barrel made up of their custom selection of 10 total oak staves, resulting in over a 1,000 possible selections, end quote. We'll hear more about this from Jane, but it's a very cool program where you get to create your own customized Maker's Mark expression. They bottle it up for you, and you purchase the entire barrel. Bars and restaurants can do it, and off-premise establishments can do it as well. My favorite liquor store created one, and they have a nice display of the barrel itself, along with the bottles and the owners of the store, uh, pictures of the owners of the store at the Maker's Mark Distillery creating their barrel. So uh, it's a pretty interesting program, and you can make some delicious bourbon that way that's... uh, it's custom very cool so like i said we'll talk to jane all about that and we'll learn more about the bourbon making process as a whole hey don't forget about that patron educational event that i told you about last week it's in cleveland on september 12th 2017 at the cleveland marriott downtown at key center it's a full day of education with breakfast and lunch and a happy hour and tasting tequila tasting and it's no cost to you so last week i mistakenly forgot to put up that rsvp link on the website uh but thank you juan for pointing that out it's fixed now and i'll post it again on the show notes to go along with this show number 223 a couple of weeks ago, I told you that Bar Smarts Advanced is coming to Nashville on November 2nd, 2017. Well, it was just announced that they will be in Las Vegas on October 18th, 2017. And I just got this email moments ago, just in time for this show, for this week's show, two more dates added in Los Angeles, Tuesday, February 27th, 2018, and in Pittsburgh, Thursday, April 26th, 2018. Bar Smarts Advanced is a day-long session that provides education and hands-on mixology instruction plus tasting and certification the events uh certif- it's sponsored by pinot ricards which keeps the cost down it's just 75 dollars for the day and usually includes some breakfast and lunch it's taught by the og of our industry like dale degroff david wondridge paul packle steve olson doug frost and andy seymour at the end of the day you do a practical exam where you make three drinks for one of these guys so you might be making drinks for dale degroff or in my case david wondridge it's uh it's a pretty cool experience so to qualify you have to do the online course first, which by the way is definitely worth doing even if you're not planning to, or if you don't have plans yet I should say, to take the uh, one day in-person course. And we'll have links to that on bartenderjourney.net Let's do a cocktail of the week. At the Maker's Mark event at the Bourbon House it was all about tasting the private select bourbon, but uh, we it was Tales of the Cocktail, so there had to be some cocktails there too, right? So they made a delicious Boulevardier, and they sent me over the recipe so I could share it with you. It was one and a half parts Maker's Mark bourbon, 0.75 sweet vermouth, 0.75 Campari or Aperol, and a maraschino cherry for garnish. Stir that with ice and strain it into a nice chilled coupe glass, ideally. And that's a great drink. I'm a big fan of the Boulevardier. 
For the book of the week, we asked Jane Bowie for a suggestion, as she's such an uh, expert on bourbon and whiskey. Uh, she suggested a book. It's called The Alcohol Textbook by T.P. Lyons, and it is a textbook, and as I look it up here on Amazon, it's $299.95. So <laughs> we'll give you an alternate uh, book of the week. It's uh, This one's only $12.34. It's Whiskey the Manual by Dave Broom. He writes in a very uh, approachable way, and uh, it's uh, here. I'll read you a little bit from the uh, from the book. Quote: Whiskey isn't for an elite; it's for everyone. It's a great drink, a fascinating drink, a complex drink, a historical drink, but it is ultimately just a drink. End quote. From a different paragraph: People have always drunk whiskey neat. But at any time when it reached its greatest heights of popularity, it was a drink that was consumed mixed or drunk long as a toddy, in a julep or a sling, as a punch, a cocktail, or a highball, end quote. So, uh, yeah, this is, a, this is another great whiskey book, and uh, I hope you'll check it out. Whiskey the Manual by Dave Broom. We'll have links to both of those on bartenderjourney.net. Let's go to Dickie Brennan's Bourbon House. I am Jane Bowie. I work at Maker's Mark Distillery. That sounds like a pretty cool job. It's, uh, are you kidding? <laughs> I get to go to 800 beautiful acres of Kentucky farmland to work every day. It's How t- long does it take you to get to work? Because I, you, say it, you said it's pretty remote. Like It is remote. Totally worth it. But um, it's about 30 minutes each way. Oh, okay. So it's on these little winding hills. He chose the distillery, not... For proximity to anything in the whole world, but Bill, Bill Samuels, we're Bill talking Samuels Senior, chose right. the, uh, the the location because we have a twelve acre, naturally spring fed, limestone lake on the property that a hundred percent of our water for cooking and fermentation comes from that lake. Well, I, you know, not everybody realizes this, but a lot of what's in your bottle of whiskey or vodka or gin is water, right? Water's a huge, huge part of whiskey, right? It's Whiskey's really important. water of life, right? It's that's yeah, where it came and from. And it's yeah, right. It's it translates as yeah. Uh, yeah, water, water of life. Yeah, it's so you right. know it's um, huge part, huge part of the process. And then we're very lucky at Makers. You know, with our recipe, we use that soft red winter wheat instead of the traditional rye, and um, we have a single source family in the county that grows all of our wheat for us. And then we have a single source family of farmers that grow all of our corn for us just for anybody who doesn't know like talk about like what happens between when the wheat and or rye or barley or whatever is grown and then when it ends up in the bottle like what so um (laughs) kind of a broad question so bourbon obviously has to be 51 percent corn right we use 70 percent corn we use 16 percent of that soft red winter wheat and we use 14 percent malted barley um, barley's obviously for the mash bill. That's our mash bill. Yeah. So obviously barley's coming from up north, uh, but the wheat and the corn grow there. They're actually harvesting right about now, um, and we get about ten truckloads of grain delivered every single day. Wow! And, and um, so then, what happens to it next? So what happens is grains come in, and our miller uh, does quality checks. We look at all sorts of things when you're talking about the grain. We look at moisture content. We check for pesticides. Um, and we make sure the grain, we even do a smell test. You can actually smell if grain's been sitting a long time in a bin and you put water in it and we put it in a microwave and heat it up, you can actually smell that it's been sitting for a while. Hmm. So we do a nose test. We can reject trucks sometimes because the, the grain smells old. 
right. and that's going to get into your whiskey. Yeah. Um, so we mill, we use a, a, a traditional roller mill, which is more prevalent in Scotland. So we're making a, a grist instead of a flour, and then we cook and we put that lake water. So that's kind of, the grist is kind of like uh, mushy, I guess. It's, and it's ground up grains. So if you think of um, flour, which traditionally in, in bourbon, uh, people use a hammer mill. It's very efficient. It's great for rye. Um, with us, we didn't want uh, to pulverize the grains quite as much for a lot of different nuance and reasons. And... Um, so, so when it's done, it, it it's a powder or it's, it's kind of... It's more of a grist. It, so it's, it's chunkier. Yeah. Chunky. So that roller so like, mill is a key part. So Makers was created kind of backwards. <laughs> he created a taste vision and then he worked backwards to figure out how to make that specific style of bourbon. Okay. So everything's done very purposeful. Yeah. Um, and in 63 years, 63 and a half years... We've not changed anything. Yeah. Um, as so we grow. Tell, so tell that story about how, uh, you know, Bill Samuels Jr. was not supposed to mess anything up. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> Bill Sr. created the, the bourbon. He created Maker's Mark with his wife. It's, it's, ama- it's an amazing story about a couple who, it was kind of a passion project. He had been in bourbon a long time. His family had been there in Kentucky, six generations. And they threw out the old family recipe and started over. She designed our packaging, that red wax, iconic red wax, 100% her. She named it. She designed the label, the bottle. She restored the distillery. We always joke. And the, he and made, the name Maker's Mark comes from um, It actually came from her love of pewter. Pewter Smith, she used to collect pewter pieces. Pewter Smith would create a trademark. It was known as the Maker's Mark. Hmm. And so if you've ever looked at our bottle, it's embossed on the glass. That SIB with a star so that stands for uh, Samuels. He was a fourth-generation commercial distiller, sixth-generation actual distiller. She got it wrong. They said, only time mom made a mistake, dad wanted to immortalize it. Um, and then the stars for Star Hill Farm, which is the name of our property at Maker's Mark. So we have about 800 acres, and that's Star Hill Farm. So um, that's the Maker's Mark. So she designed all of that. And then their son went off, Bill Jr., went off to be an engineer. He kind of failed. Decided to be a lawyer. He kind of failed. Uh, and mom said to dad, you got to give him a job. And so he's like, what can he do? Right? And so his job was at the time, Makers, uh, very, very small, only in Kentucky, local Kentuckians. And so he, his job was to find it's customers. It's hard to imagine right now that Makers Mark was like a small brand. For, 20, <laughs> for 22 years, we were only sold in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Wow. Um, and so... His job was to go find customers, right? So he had a very limited budget, and he used to go sit at the bars in Louisville and Lexington and buy people drinks as they would walk up to the bar and talk their ear off about Maker's Mark. And when he started, his dad said, look. He was the original brand ambassador, huh? He was before brand ambassadors were a thing. Bill Jr. was hitting the streets. Uh, But his dad said, look, this is what we do. Don't screw it up. And every master distiller, you ask our master distiller, Greg Davis, First day on the job coming over, um, I think he's been with us about seven years now, Bill Jr. took him for a walk and said, don't screw it up. Yeah. Rob took over in 2011, Bill's son. Rob, don't screw it up. And, and um, so it's it's our motto at Makers. Yeah. We're, we're very and protective. So Makers 46 came along, right? So Which let's hear was, that story. So Makers 46 <laughs> was Bill Jr.'s um, was Bill Jr.'s retirement, his passion project, right? Makers was... His dad's palate in the yeah. 50s. Yeah. And before Bill Jr. retired, he actually was 
uh, approaching his 70th birthday and came in one day and said, I had this horrible dream that I died and I showed up at my funeral as a ghost, like Ooh. Christmas past, whatever. And I saw them lowering my body into the ground and I looked up at my tombstone and it said, here lies Bill Samuels Jr. He didn't screw it up. <laughs> And he said, I woke up in a cold sweat and thought, that can't be my legacy. So it turns out that story is was a complete fabrication. He did not have that dream. He knew um, that story, all the folks at Makers were so protective of the brand that people wouldn't be on board with the idea. So he had to convince us uh, that this was a good idea. So what he did is, instead of reinventing the wheel, he decided he wanted to create his perfect expression of Makers. Yeah. And so 46 was really designed for Bill Jr.'s palette, and it was meant to be a bit bolder, a bit spicier, a bit of a longer finish than that traditional maker's mark. So we did um, two years of work with Independent Stave Company, who is our cooperage, um, trying to figure it out. Two years of projects and, and samples and a lot of failures till we got to that 46 process. Explain exactly what they make for you, the, uh, the stave company yeah so they make, they make all of our barrels in they fact make they the make pretty much everyone's barrels in the bourbon industry oh okay um they're a great partner we've been with them since day one in 1954 um they're family owned and operated as well right so um like Centauri like makers like you know it's 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 a lot of family it's a lot of yeah. family keeping oh, traditions nice. going uh, so, they, and, and it's funny you don't really hear so much about them, but it's such an important part of the whiskey business. Huge, especially with bourbon. Anywhere from forty to seventy percent of the flavor is coming from the barrel. Yeah. So we went to them and said, "Here's the idea. We want to make this other expression of makers. Yeah. And we want it to come from makers. And so, Bill Samuels, Kevin Smith, who was our master distiller at the time, and Brad Boswell, who owns and runs Independent Safe, started working. And what 46 is and how they got here in two years is mind-boggling to me. We take fully matured makers. Now, makers is not aged. Uh, it's not bottled to a specific age. It's, it's aged to taste, basically. Okay. We have a taste panel that decides right. when it becomes makers. Right. So once it's fully matured, we dump the makers out of the barrel. We take the barrel apart, and we put in 10 pieces of virgin French white oak that's been seared. Like, it looks like a pizza oven. So we put them inside. We put the barrel back together. Okay. And then we refill the entire barrel full of Maker's Mark cask strength. So yeah. uncut, unfiltered, straight out of the right. barrel. We put the barrel back down for nine weeks. Right. And we have a new bourbon cellar that we've just built on site. So it needs cool temperature. It needs a cold environment. And what why, why is that? Be because what happens uh, in warmer climates is the whiskey gets so aggressive with the wood, all the sugars are focused on the outside. This is virgin oak, right? It's, it's yeah. natural. So right. all the sugars are on the outside. It eats through the, those sugars, and it starts pulling out tannins. And while tannins right. are, are right, wonderful, right, right. too much can be bad because it becomes very and we, bitter. And we say virgin, it means never been used before. Virgin, yeah. It's, Brand new yeah, oak. Yeah. One time, yeah, right. that's it. And so, obviously, with bourbon, it's got to be new barrels, which is why so much flavor. And then, so with 46, we only use those staves as well one time. So, that, that cold temperature is really important. So, we actually, for uh, the first six years of 46, we only made it for about four and a half to five months a year in the wintertime. 
and then the rest right. of the year we couldn't actually make makers 40 because you didn't have a temperature control because we environment. didn't we didn't have a cool enough environment so we put dynamite in a hillside and we blew it up <laughs> and we built the cellar that must have been fun it was awesome um we built a cellar and so now we have this really cool not cool like you know literally cool <laughs> yeah. uh, cold environment yeah, yeah. that's about 50 degrees um or less throughout the year where we make all of our 46 and all of our now uh, barrels for our, our customers that are coming to create their own makers. So yeah, so well, that's why we're here tonight to talk about barrel. You know, the, the barrel select program, and yeah. um, that's really fun. So so restaurants or or I guess um, off-premise stores are are yeah. able to make their own expression of makers yeah, mark, which been, is fun. And it's been really fun. Um, you know, Makers has been around 60-plus years, and we've been doing one thing reasonably well for a really long time, right? <laughs> yeah, doing it pretty well. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and so being able to let our closest friends and customers and people that, like Dickie tonight, you know, Dickie Brennan here in New Orleans, uh, who have been with us from the beginning, yeah. the very so beginning. It's Dickie Brennan from the uh, Bourbon House, Bourbon here, House uh, right here, here on Orleans. Bourbon Street. Yeah. You know, he was probably, his dad was, I think, one of the first customers for Makers back in the day. And so letting them come and creating their own Makers, just like Bill Jr. did with 46, it's, it's been amazing. And yeah. it's been really inspiring for us to see what it is that resonates with people about Makers Mark. Because all we're doing, how this came about is, um, you know, traditional single barrel uh, bourbons and programs where people go in and get to pick a barrel it, it's amazing the problem with makers is and it's not a problem but when you only make one thing consistency is king yeah right our right. don't screw right. it up yeah so everything we do is so purposeful at the distillery that our whole goal is consistency and everything tasting the same so if i were to line up five barrels of makers for you you'd they be bored take- you'd be bored it wouldn't be that interesting they would have a little nuance. But that, yeah, they, but, they do taste a little different, though. I mean, but we rotate. We rotate and then, all and of our you, barrels. You combine them so yep. that it tastes so consistent. Yeah. So everything's about consistency. So the traditional um, blueprint, I guess you could call it, didn't really work. Hmm. So for years, we just we never even entertained the idea. And um, I was telling the story tonight. It yeah. really was kind of an offhanded comment Bill made. And Rob, his son, who is our eighth generation and runs the distillery's eyes just popped out of his head and you could see the light bulb go off. And Bill said, you know, in all my years, decades in this business and everything I've done and everything I've seen and everywhere I've been, the most fun I ever had was creating Makers 46 because Makers was mom and dad's, right? It was their palate. It was their passion. And I've loved it. But yeah. Makers 46 was mine. Yeah. It was my perfect expression of Makers Mark. Right. And that... Rob's face just told the story. And so we thought, that's interesting. What if instead of letting people come in and picking a barrel we've already made, what if we could let them create their own barrel right, of bourbon? Right, right. How, so, how so would you that, do that? So when somebody does that, explain the process, you decide which staves you want to add so, to the barrel. So how we did it, we called Brad Boswell, an independent stave, and said, is this even possible? Mm. Can you accurately predict with these staves what the whiskey might taste like if we let someone create a single barrel of bourbon and we lay it down for nine weeks. 
Um, and he said, yeah, absolutely. So what we did is we sat down and we flavor mapped Maker's Mark. We took cast strength Maker's Mark, which is, you know, the purest form of Maker's Mark, straight out of the barrel. And we put it into flavor camps. And we looked at taste. We looked at body and texture. We looked at finish. And we said, okay, here are all these different flavor camps. And we went back to Brad Boswell and Independent Stave. And we said, we would like you to create finishing staves like 46. But instead of creating this well-balanced bourbon like 46, we want each stave to highlight a unique flavor or characteristic of Maker's Mark. Yeah. So then the idea... And that's what we tasted today. Yeah. And they were way vastly different from each other. Vastly different. And they were all pretty delicious, I must say. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> that last one was really interesting. I mean, you know, they're all just key components of Maker's Mark. Yeah. It's all the flavors that are there. We've just... Um, we've kind of so broken of, them apart. We've reverse engineered it almost. But in a regular bottle of Maker's Mark... They, all of these are not utilized. No, 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 no. 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 These were only created no. for what? Right for for the for what for the barrel program. Did. Yeah. So yeah. what they did is they came back with all these virgin oak staves. Um, because here's the thing about wood. Here's the thing that's fascinating about oak and why specifically white oak is used um, in whiskey making. White oak is flavor neutral when it's raw. So red oak. Uh, has a lot more resin, so it's got a lot of flavor. So it's so, it doesn't... so you're saying if you ta- if you take a a stave that was not toasted at all, it was not it would impart no flavor at all. Is it that what would you're have saying? it would have very little flavor. Really? So what you find hmm. is you the cooperage cooks the wood to create the flavor. Right. They get to create flavor using natural white oak. So the, so the different ones we tasted today, um, yeah. So I, we gave was... them a flavor. We gave them a, a flavor goal for each um, stave, and they came back to us with all these different virgin oak staves. Some were American oak, some were French oak. Um, they, t- they took it as a challenge, didn't they? They, yeah. I think they had a great time yeah. with it as well. And um, then, you know, so so the one was grooved, which I found really interesting. The, the, so it has more surface area. Yep, the Sierra French Cuvée stave um, is grooved for surface area, so it gives it more viscosity because you're getting more uh, wood compounds into the whiskey, and you can feel that. And it also creates this really interesting flavor balance because the peaks of the of that stave are going to be more toasted than the valleys are going to be a little more raw. Yeah. And you're getting extra access to the red layer, you know, in the bear yeah. or the wood, which is so important. Um, so they came back, we started tasting and narrowed it down to five different staves. So what happens is people come to the distillery, they spend a full day with us learning about all the, fla- everything that goes into making a bottle of makers and where all the flavor comes from, mm-hmm. from the grains to the water, to the yeast, to the wood. Then they kind of go to wood school for a little bit, and they learn about all these different staves, and they taste. Um, makers finish with each stave to understand what it contributes. Right. Then, instead of choosing a barrel, they create a barrel. They cool. put these different staves together in different proportions to represent what that barrel of whiskey might taste like. Um, they can choose any combination of 10 so there's a thousand and one combinations to pick from. <laughs> Obviously, we don't taste a thousand and one whiskeys. So we challenge them with creating a taste vision for their makers, just like Bill Sr. did with, with the original makers. Um, and yeah, and then once they've figured out what combination or recipe they want, we physically go build that barrel of bourbon on site while they're nice. there. Nice. 
Yeah, I, I always think it's so interesting that, you know, the um, sort of method of making whiskey in that the 55-gallon wood drum has not, nobody's found a better way to do it, you know, but but this is sort of a tweak on it. Um, it's, you know, flavors everything with whiskey, right? Yeah. People drink certain whiskeys. They're attracted to certain things because of flavor. And I mean, we're here, tells the cocktail, like, everything's about flavor this week. And so finishing is not a new concept, but traditional finishing is taking sherry butts or port barrels or wine barrels or Madeira or cognac and putting the whiskey in it and letting the flavor that was in that, that container impart into the whiskey. Right. So the idea of this is because we're control freaks at Maker's Mark, <laughs> um, we wanted to make sure we could control the flavor. So we use that virgin oak and it's cooked to a certain time, to a certain temperature, with that same finishing idea, and it it's it gives the whiskey natural flavor from the wood. And French oak, which is what we use for 46, you know, it's got all these beautiful, spicy, aromatic flavors that American oak doesn't have. So it it, it highlights key nuances in makers that you might not get otherwise. What happens to those staves after you can only use them once? We use right? them once. So the 46 staves of... Everyone at the distillery has, you know, either made furniture out of them or we cook with them. <laughs> and they're really good for things like salmon. Barbecue. Um, we barbecue yeah. with them. Um, and then the, the 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 private barrel, the custom barrel that that um, our friends and customers create, we send them the staves with the barrel. Nice. So they, they get those. And people have done different things. Like we had a bar in Louisville. Um, they actually use their, their staves, their used staves that have been soaked with the makers. To create a simple syrup for an old fashioned. Nice. Yeah, it was amazing. It <laughs> was fantastic. Great. So um, people are so creative. You know, it's yeah. it's fun for us to make the whiskey and then to see what people like, you know, Dickie and the team here at Bourbon House can then do with it. Yeah. What their interpretation of it is. So my uh, my favorite liquor store in my town did a barrel, a Maker's Mark, and uh, they're selling it and, uh, and they have pictures posted of. You the know, experience. their time down at the, at, at the distillery, and uh, it's really cool. It's, it's fun. Really cool. I mean, people come spend the whole day with us, and like we were talking about at the beginning, we're not easy to get to. You really have to want to go to Maker's <laughs> Mark. Um, and and people do. They they journey out to us, and they spend a day with us, and it's it's so special for us that, that people want to do that. It's yeah. so much fun. Yeah. Well, it's a great brand, and uh, I really appreciate you talking to me. And, Thank uh, you. When are you coming so to visit? Jane. I, I don't know. When are you going to invite me? Now's the time. We've got <laughs> the coolest thing happening. Rob Samuels is a huge art fan. All right. um, and we have got Dale Triuli, who's a renowned glassblower out in Seattle, is actually created, um, I think it's a seven-piece installation. And we have an exhibition, a Triuli exhibition at the distillery all summer long. I'm, I'm, I know. i got to get down there. you got to get down there. I would there. love to. Well, we'd love to have you. Thanks, Jane. Thanks so much. A pleasure. Well, as you could hear, we were treated to some great live music, some great whiskey, and some great oysters, too. From there, I went on to a party put on by Altos Tequila, who did a big party featuring professional wrestling, like, you know, the WWE thing. It was, uh, I was never a fan of professional wrestling. I always thought it was pretty silly. I can't say I've watched more than maybe 30 seconds of it on TV, but this event was so much fun. And a lot of people, a lot of other people I talked to said the same thing. Also, representing the broken chain from Miami, Florida, put your hands together. And really, watch out. Chocolate caliente.
Then it was on to the big, giant, William Grant and Sons party. That's a late-night party, and they called it Love Supreme. They took over Crescent Park, which is a really interesting space. It was formerly a wharf where ships would come in, where they would dock, and I guess trains ran through it. Uh, but now it's converted into sort of one of these urban landscape kind of parks, and it's a really cool space. Uh, they set up probably 50 bars, food trucks, free tattoo parlors, and all kinds of weird and fun stuff. I'll post some pictures of all this on uh, bartenderjourney.net on the show notes to go along with the show, number 223. Hey, stand by for our toast, but first we want to thank a recent contributor to our tip cup page, Jessica of Generations.com. Jessica is a cocktail enthusiast and blogs all about gin at Generations.com. She wrote in and said, loving your podcast as it's helping me round out my knowledge and understand the cocktail world. Keep up the good work, end quote. Thanks, Jessica. If you find this podcast helpful, fun, entertaining, or whatever, and you'd like to help support it, please go to bartenderjourney.net slash tip cup and pledge your support. There's a lot of costs in- incurred when, when producing this show, and if you'd like to see it keep going, please think about tossing something into the tip cup. And check out Jessica's gin blog at generations.com. All right, here's our toast. And I toast you with a very special bottle that I have not tasted yet. It's Maker's Mark Private Select. Exclusive Oak Selection by Bill Samuels Jr. Handwritten on the label, it says 110.9 proof, 55.45% alcohol by volume. On the back, it is hand-signed by Bill Samuels Jr. I have not tasted this yet. I will taste it right after our toast and post some notes about it on bartenderjourney.net in the show notes and on the tastings page. All right, here's our toast. Here's to the bottle which holds a store of imprisoned joy and laughter. Here's to this bottle, many more bottles, and others to follow after. Cheers. We'll see you next time on the Bartender Journey Podcast. Oh, that's really good.